0: In today's rapidly changing healthcare environment, healthcare providers, including pharmacists, are experiencing emotional exhaustion, moral injury, and burnout at an increased prevalence. By their training, healthcare providers have a high degree of resilience. This podcast is not about basic resilience. Rather, the Resilience Rx podcast is here to help pharmacists grow amidst stress. Each episode, hosted by Kate Gaynor, CEO of the Iowa Pharmacy Association, features a fail-forward interview with a pharmacy leader and a personal growth and well-being tip. Your prescription for resilience, provided by Tammy Rogers, founder of The Maven Group. Resilience Rx is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. This episode's fail-forward
1: interview is with Deanne Mullins. Deanne Mullins' professional start was in corporate marketing, but she longed to discover her real vocation as a no-nonsense interpreter, advocate, and role model for wellness and joy. And she found it. First, at Samford University's McWhorter School of Pharmacy. And then, at the family-owned business her father-in-law had opened back in 1972, Mullins Pharmacy. She and her husband have owned Mullins Pharmacy for over 20 years and in this small town shop with an independent spirit, together they found their true calling. Deanne's professional emphasis has been as a certified diabetes educator, a passion that was fueled growing up with a brother diagnosed with type one diabetes. She is a national columnist on diabetes care, has served on the Florida Board of Pharmacy, and was a board member and past president, only the third female president of the National Community Pharmacists Association. Deanne has received numerous national awards as well as in the state of Florida, including recognition from the state's governor. I've had the pleasure of personally knowing Deanne for the past, I'd say six years. In my role as CEO for the Iowa Pharmacy Association, I've attended well over 100 national pharmacy meetings and conventions. I've never been as personally moved by a presidential address as when Deanne was installed to the NCPA office. She has an unmatched passion, authenticity, and a little Southern charm that is inspiring to all who know her. Undoubtedly, she has impacted thousands of lives as a frontline pharmacist and diabetes educator. And she has created waves with her atypical advocacy for sharing our profession's value proposition with lawmakers, physicians, and other pharmacists. Our goal for this interview was 30 minutes, but there's just so much great stuff. I think you're really going to enjoy this fail-forward interview.
2: Take a listen. Deanne, I'm so excited to have you on the Resilience Rx podcast today. And as our listeners have already heard from your bio, you've achieved great success in your pharmacy career. These fail-forward interviews are designed to share how failure is not the opposite of success, but rather an important part of successful careers. And I've had the opportunity to know you, Deanne, for a few years and have really just admired your leadership, what you've been able to achieve in your pharmacy career and really just admire you as a a person and a human being? well, it's it's an honor to
3: be here. and um, right back at you, um you are definitely a woman that I admire and and have um, been blessed with with having um, a friendship and a collegial relationship all these years. so it's it's great to be here. I'm excited.
2: Yeah, and as we were talking just before the recording, we kind of have a common thread in the podcast world, so Mm -hmm. I asked Deanne prior to the show if she had ever recorded a podcast before, and both Deanne and I first entered the world of podcasting. Um, We were both interviewed on Aaron Albert's Farming Your Mm -hmm. Career Mm -hmm. podcast, so I thought that was really interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah. Erin's great. And that was a lot of
3: fun. We had a lot of, we had a lot of fun doing that one. We, and uh, we talked a lot. We had to make it a two-part
2: series. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how long this one goes. Yeah, we'll try to keep this at one. <laughs> yeah. So to start, Deanne, um, why don't you share with the listeners what has been the most meaningful part and or the greatest achievement in your pharmacy career thus far? Yeah, those are those are
3: great questions, and I love the reflection that goes into answering questions like this. I think everybody should ask themselves those questions because it's very enlightening, and and you know it's great to take some time and reflect on those things. So the process was a lot of fun for me, and it was hard, um, and I came up with really two different stories that I'd like to draw from during our conversation as I share my failures with, with our listeners. But I think my most meaningful has to be directly related to making a difference for my patients here at home. And, Way back in 1999, I established a diabetes self-management education and training program, which has since positively impacted over 2000 patients. And um, it's kind of mind boggling to me that that there've been that many come through that I've personally touched and taught. But um, during that time, we lowered A1C, uh, by two to four percent at six months, which was double the national average. We were studied by Columbia University because of our outcomes. Um, we shared our lessons learned to help other pharmacists with their programs. And, and that's been a 20 year journey. Um, so it's probably better book material than um, for our podcast. But that um, had its challenges and, and certainly its failures. That would be my most meaningful. Um my proudest moment, um, greatest achievement, uh, really I think occurred during my NCPA presidential year when I wanted to focus on unity for the purpose of strengthening our profession and fixing our broken healthcare system. And when I heard that down, I was like, you yeah, know, that's pretty crazy pants of you, Deanne. Like you, you know, you really sat out um to, um, to reach some, some pretty lofty goals, but that's really where my motivation was. Um, so in addition to working to strengthen the unity between pharmacists, I wanted to build unity with the larger healthcare ecosystem of clinicians, like physicians and nurses and plan sponsors. I felt then and still feel strongly that in order to gain widespread collaborative practice, opportunities and to earn a seat at the provider provider table. Pharmacists need to be top of mind with healthcare decision makers. And that certainly includes our clinician colleagues like physicians and nurses. So we pharmacists all know our value but oftentimes our colleagues really don't. And I think that
2: hurts us. I agree. I, and I, it was a lofty goal that you set out for, but watching from afar as a um, attendee at the NCPA annual convention, I really felt your year as president, Some some great things were achieved. It was a high energy meeting. There were positive things happening. Um, mm-hmm. And can you share a little bit about how some of those things came together from the time they were goals that you set out in your presidential term with NCPA mm-hmm. and, and some of the outcomes from that?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I started planning for my presidential year, you know, that happens happened for me well in advance. And, you know, I thought, what can one person do with one year as president and a big microphone? Because that's what, you know, being president really allows you um, to, um, to, to have an opportunity to do. And, and so at that time, I started thinking about unity. And history teaches us that people unite when they share a belief. And so I tried to boil everything down to answer one question, which was, what are our shared beliefs with physicians and nurses and plan sponsors? And um, so during my research period, I found a grassroots movement called Health 3.0. And Health 3.0, for our listeners, um, is made up of frontline healthcare professionals, mainly physicians and nurses, and now, fast forward, more pharmacists who are committed to changing our dysfunctional healthcare system. And I think it's important to understand that people who support Health 3.0 believe in a healthcare delivery system where human relationships are put back at the center of care and care is team-based and collaborative. Everyone practices at the top of their license and clinicians actually support each other. So no more hierarchies or turf wars everyone is held accountable for outcomes including patients and providers are paid based on outcomes and paid to keep people healthy not just click boxes so in other words you know having metrics that make sense and technology that helps our patients not harms them and so in discovering help point health 3.0 I, I definitely felt like i had discovered a shared belief and at that time um, the followers of Health 3.0 totaled about a million people, um, and that was mainly physician, physicians and nurses. And the voice of that movement was a physician, Dr. Zubin Demania, also known as Z Dog MD. And for those of you who don't know, Zubin is a Stanford trained physician. He's a thought leader and influencer, and he uses storytelling and humor and music to shine a light on the dysfunction of medicine. And most importantly, he, at the time, especially, you know, was, and, and still is, was having very meaningful conversations about the solutions to the dysfunction, because we all know what the dysfunction is, but oftentimes we get caught up in that discussion and not, okay, great, that's it's there, what are we gonna do about it? And so those conversations regarding the solutions were going on, and I really felt like pharmacists were not actively involved, and I wanted us to be. And um, Z Dog's tribe is called the Z Pack, um, of course. And I'm a Z Pack member. Um, and we are now approaching 2 million
2: strong. So it's definitely a movement that's growing. You actually, if I recall, reached out personally to Z Dog. And mm. tell us about that. And if you thought you'd hear a response and kind of from your initial outreach, what then transpired yeah so um it was watching him you
3: know all of his uh, you know so I, I stalked him to be quite honest because I thought okay this could either be brilliant or crazy and you know, he's a little scary because he's it's out there but that's his brilliance I think and so his parody videos Daily and weekly Facebook live shows have over a quarter of a billion views, and his daily and weekly shows get about on Facebook get about forty thousand views per episode. And he has about forty million post engagements monthly. Um, he also gives this uh, multitude of keynote speeches that reach a really diverse group of physicians, nurses, and health plan sponsors, um, tech vendors, and uh, you know everyone in the industry um so it was intimidating you know to to think about reaching out to, to this very well-known personality and and sought after personality uh, who's a physician um and uh, you know i thought susan Demania can has the potential anyway to insert pharmacists into the hearts and minds of a vast array of providers And decision makers in a way that we as pharmacists couldn't do ourselves right so like if i say i'm really important for the team it's it's a lot different than when someone like zubin damania says it right Uh, right and and so you know when you when you have a limited budget and you have a limited amount of time i mean it just made sense to Join forces, if you will, and um, and get to know Zubin, and, and I was hopeful that he wanted to get to know pharmacy. And so we reached out, and I, I will say it was very nerve-wracking and exciting, um, but um, we were able to contract Zubin as my keynote speaker for, for the annual meeting, which would have been you know, that October in 2017. Um, so this was at the beginning of my term, um, in 2016 that we reached out and, um, fast forward to, um, negotiating and finding sponsorship. Um, I was on the stage giving my farewell speech, which was an incredible experience, one that I'll, I'll never forget. And, um, you know, just was such a blessing to have my family and my staff and, uh, from the pharmacy and friends and you know it was a wonderful culmination to my presidential year and and then i got to introduce Zdoc and um he was absolutely amazing i think the best keynote I've ever heard and i've seen presidents and generals and best-selling authors yeah um, and Kate i think you were you were there yeah
2: i was there yeah and i agree yeah. it was awesome and you were also awesome
3: oh well thank you it was it was so fun it was it was just everything you kind of hope for, you know, and, and envision. And during his keynote, he unveiled a pharmacy tribute video based on, um, I don't know if you remember the Biz Marquis song, Just a Friend, kind of yep. like a, a hip hop song back you know, that, definitely back in my day. Um, and Zubin played Biz Farm B instead of Biz Markey, and our song was Just a Pharmacist. And we shot it in Las Vegas, um, it And it was fun. I went for the shooting and um, you know, went through the creative, went through the songs, went through everything. I mean, the whole process um, I was very involved with. My pharmacy is featured um, in a lot of the video clips that were used. Um, and we currently now have over 2 million views. Um, and a huge part of that two million are definitely healthcare professionals. So I hope everybody that hasn't seen it will check it out online. Um, it was it was a fight, as I said, to kind of get on his calendar um, and to fit you know into the budget that we were able to find. So I was able to get some funding, and Pioneer RX saw my vision, thankfully, and sponsored the video. And uh, when I flew out, I was a guest on Dog's Facebook live show to talk about pharmacy. And that show is called Interview with a Drug Dealer, and it's on his website. And I think you can just Google Interview with a Drug Dealer uh, Dog. And that show got, at the time, um, over 40,000 views. And the comments, I would encourage everybody to read the comments uh, during the show because it was overwhelmingly positive about the daily contributions that pharmacists make. And it just... Kate, it felt so good to see nurses and doctors and technicians and um, hospital administrators and all these folks chiming in about how great pharmacists are and what a, what a big contribution they make.
2: There was that launch, um, sort of that video that he did at the NCPA annual meeting. But then not only your daily show and the interview, but um, I think he's continued to You know, have pharmacy be more of a a part um, Mm -hmm. of his shows and and a greater focus. And that really all kickstarted from your outreach and the relationship that started um, that year you were president of NCPA.
3: Yeah, it, it it's really been wonderful. And I wanted to at the time, you know, like, what can I do? I, I always have this goal of of creating something that matters and something that's enduring. And so I really wanted to plant seeds in my presidential year that would continue to grow and, and blossom, if you will. And so having him better understand pharmacy and he's so intelligent and really got it. it, it, it really it didn't take much for him to to really see our commonalities and, and embrace. In fact, he, he says this about pharmacists. Um, this is on his website. He says, pharmacists practicing, or a pharmacist practicing at the top of their license as part of a collaborative team with the patient at the center, that's the secret weapon that will help us build Health 3.0. And so that was, you know, being a part of that. And he he has an alter ego, ego Darth. Uh, or Doc Vader after Darth Vader, mm-hmm. and um, we, he he I came and hung out with us um, the night before our key his keynote, and you know went to our, our party our opening night party and met with our members and took pictures and chatted and I mean he spent hours the night before just getting to know um, our our members and independent pharmacy owners and um, he was just. Absolutely delightful. Um, he During the creative process, I made the mistake of suggesting, as an example, um, a Nickelback video. And, you know, <laughs> un, unbeknownst to me, Nickelback is not, you know, cool. And so Zubin <laughs> and Tom Heineber, they all, like, just made horrible fun of me. And, and we're like, Dan, absolutely not. We are not, you know, Nickelback. No. And so <laughs> if you if you go and look, um, the last night of the convention, he emailed me and he sent me a link and he said, we made this just for you. And there is a Doc Vader video that features a Nickelback song. Oh, that's, that he, he actually made and sent to me. And so he, he is just, a phenomenal uh-huh. person yeah, and yeah. doing great things. So, I hope everyone listening will learn about and support the Health 3.0 movement and make sure that ZDOG's conversations continue to include the value that pharmacy brings to our healthcare ecosystem. And y'all can join the ZPAC just by going on to Facebook and liking um, ZDOG MD, um, his, his page, and watch the show comment um during the live events and um you know share our pharmacy tribute video keep the views going um and our um, interview with a drug dealer you know just keep that alive out there because it does good every time somebody sees it
2: yep i'll put we'll be sure to include those links in the show notes for this podcast so listeners awesome. if you haven't checked out the show notes we'll have deanne's bio and picture um and those links that she's talking about. So I think um, those are really cool stories, Deanne. I mean, not every pharmacist has the opportunity to um, take on a leadership role, a presidential leadership role at the national level, and then to really look back and reflect on that. And and like you said, in one-year time, you know, what – impact do you make as one individual serving in that leadership role, but you really do have an awesome story to share about, you know, innovative and a a really cool movement that you started at the NCPA level and across the pharmacy profession, uniting pharmacists, um, something that people will look at and, and say, wow, you know, how did, how did Deanne, um, Get to that point, and that's mm-hmm. one of the neat things about this series of interviews these fail forward interviews is to kind of peel it back and see what that highlight is, what mm-hmm. that pinnacle that was achieved um, looked like at the end, but then what were some of the setbacks or failures along mm-hmm. the way? Mhm mhm. Um, and
3: and there, you know, it was a challenge at times and and sometimes when you're talking about, you know, Z Dog MD and I mean his parody videos are really saucy and out there and you know his shows get pretty wild and in fact along the way somebody said, uh, "Do you really want your legacy as the third woman president since the 1800s to really be butt cream?"
2: <laughs> and, and I said, "Yeah." I think I do um, because hey, it's you, you were shaking things up a little bit at MCPA. I, I like it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know, at the time, you're like, this could really be an epic fail, and so I, I thought back about you know the the setbacks along the way, and you know sometimes you can trace, not always, but sometimes you can trace a pivotal moment, and I really I had to go way back, but I think in pharmacy school. Um, I remember giving a speech to the entire school of pharmacy, and I had had this idea as a student that um, I wanted to um, create this forum, and and I called it the Forum for the Preservation of Pharmacy, the FPP. And I wanted everybody to come along with me on this, you know, discovery journey of like, what can we do as students for our profession. And um, I wrote my speech. I was you know invited to to give it in front of the whole school, and. I was super excited. I wasn't nervous at all. I was looking forward to it. And I'm up there in front of all of my professors and the three classes and in our chapel, it was full. And, um, as soon as I started talking, I noticed my heart was racing and I was starting to sweat and my throat was, I could feel it closing up and, Kate it was it was horrific Um, and the speech was horrible I mean it really was it was well written but the delivery was awful and afterwards like my friends were sweet my fellow students who were honest were like oh my gosh what happened to you that was awful and you know I, I was pretty sure that I would never you know want to speak in public again. Um and you know, it was an epic fail, it really was.
2: Stay in that mindset of never wanting to speak in public again for a long time after that, or when do you think you I don't think got over it, but yeah. no, I'm gonna give this another try.
3: Yeah and, and and really public speaking I think is one of the biggest fears that people have you know it's, it's very common but so it was really cool because we had at the time the director of the Alabama pharmacy association was there and he really liked the speech content. So he published it and it was actually my first published piece in the, in the pharmacy journal. And that was very encouraging. And I, you know, I always look back and, and appreciate that vote of confidence and, um, I started exploring kind of like, what the heck was that? What happened to me? And I self-diagnosed performance anxiety. And I actually talked to my family doctor about it. And he said, you know, let me prescribe a little propranolol and um, you can take it before you give a big speech or before you get up. And Kate, oh, my goodness, that is better living through medication (laughs) because I have given hundreds, um, hundreds of speeches and talks since then. And I cannot imagine how many rewarding opportunities I would have missed if I had let that fear keep me from doing something that I absolutely love. So being president, traveling the country, going internationally and speaking, um, 40,000 Facebook Live viewers, um, you know, watching, watching me talk about and promote independent community pharmacy and pharmacy as a whole, really, not just independent pharmacy. And, you know, the two million views of our video, I mean, none of that would have happened if I had let that epic fail of a speech define where I was gonna go and who I was gonna be.
2: That's perfect, I think that's exactly what, um, if you're a pharmacy student or even a Mm -hmm. pharmacist that doesn't give a lot of presentations, um, Mm -hmm. to know that there are good ones and bad ones. And in my position, I have to do a lot of public speaking, whether it's at a meeting of the Iowa Pharmacy Association or to colleges, Mm and even though I do it a lot, I'd say about 50% of the time, I get down from the podium and think, oh, you know, I could, should have said this or I didn't stand up straight. I wish I would have. Um, oh, I that stronger, and, and, and you know, uh, stronger. Yeah, you're an, an amazing speaker, and I admire
3: you. I mean, I, I want to. You. You're one of my, you know, role model, you know, strong women and you do a fantastic job but I think it's important that people understand that it's okay to think oh that wasn't what I wanted it to be
2: because you know most people don't see you that way yeah and you always at least I I always think of it as you're going to get up there again and you you it's a continual improvement process so Mm -hmm you know, don't let the the bad times keep you down. You just get up and, yeah. and do it again. So yeah. your college speaking experience, while you felt it was an epic failure, was probably a really important stepping stone to mm-hmm. get you to the point where you have the confidence to speak in front of very large audiences, like you said, on many different stages. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the next question, and, you know, the... Public speaking opportunity is something maybe not every pharmacist experiences um, mm-hmm. will have the opportunity to experience it at the same scale. Um, certainly, I think a presentation, even if it's to a, a board, or you know, whether that's a board of pharmacy, or a hospital board, or a community board, um, you know, at, at different levels, there's still the same importance that you put behind your voice and your message yeah. and your, um, brand, if you will. Mm-hmm. But are there any other setbacks that you experience that might be translatable to all pharmacists, um, mm-hmm. that pharmacists would likely experience at some point in their career?
3: Yeah. And, and I- Thinking back, um, I'll, I'll kind of refer back to my diabetes education program you know, that we started back in 1999, and um, I'll be really honest, you know, there were times when I wanted to quit, and I said a thousand times, helping people should not be this hard, uh, and it was a fight, and in fighting to stay financially viable, you know, I helped thousands of people learn to manage their diabetes and safely use an insulin pump and that you know necessity of like wanting everything to be perfect and having a perfect roadmap i can remember people saying you just got to get out there and start providing services and you know, figure it out along the way. And I was, I'm one of the, I'm a perfectionist. I'm always saying, you know, perfection is the enemy of good because I want everything to be well thought through and perfect before it goes out. And if I had done that, um, I would have missed out on 20 years of making a difference for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm so thankful that I followed my passion and my heart and, um, you know, found a way. And um, they say that, trying is the first step toward failure. And, you know, I say failure is the best teacher, you know, so you've got to get out there and take those first steps and you're going to learn from your mistakes.
2: Yeah. And pharmacists, you know, both of us being one, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's safe to say that as a group of people, um, perfectionism is a pretty common trait that, that pharmacists share and and definitely i've heard many pharmacists say you know don't let perfect be the enemy of good or don't mm-hmm. get caught up in perfection paralysis nice. and i i think the real key to unlock that is knowing when it's okay to to just jump in and not know every step of the process or you know rather Mm -hmm. than beginning with the end in mind knowing i might not know what the end is here but this is a leap i'm going to take were there any key moments or key things that maybe it was the people around you that encouraged you um to just get started but any other factors that helped you know yeah i I just got to get started on this it doesn't have to be perfect Uh,
3: Yeah. And I think there was some serendipity in there along the way with, um, I had a physician approach me. I'd started with one patient and I requested his labs and the doctor called me and said, you know, what are you doing? I was like, Oh no, you know, he's going to be mad. But I said, well, I'm trying to help people with diabetes and uh, an opportunity. Um, he had started a a diabetes self-management training program in his office and his educator left and he, reached out and invited me to come you know, teach his classes. And so by taking that first step, um, that led to you know my 20 year um, career in diabetes and um, becoming a certified diabetes educator, um, be, being the first pharmacy in the state of Florida to be paid by Medicare. I mean, all of those things happened because I began it and um, took that first step. And I think, you know, Kate, selling forward um, meant constantly looking for ways to get more doctors to refer to my program and to get more patients to attend and actually pay for the services. And it drove me to improve my teaching skills and to constantly innovate to improve those outcomes and efficiencies of my program and profitability. Um, so it, it just was, it was a work in progress and you tried things and you know that didn't work and you try something else. And it just, it wasn't about failure or success. You know during those 20 years it was just about continually being better and um you know staying staying viable and i think that most success is driven by deeply personal beliefs and usually some pain and my brother you know a lot of people know my story he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was nine i was about 16 and the day he was diagnosed we were told you know, he would go blind lose a limb, um, never have children and not live past the age of 30. And it was painful. Um, and so I think a lot of those personal beliefs about wanting to help and do more for people than I could do when I was 16, um, mm-hmm. you know, were a big part of, of driving, uh, that desire to continue to, um, fail
2: forward. Yeah. Passion piece. Um, I think for a lot of leaders is really key. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that. Maybe one kind of last piece of this that is is so important, I think, in anyone's leadership journey, but particularly those setbacks or failures that occur along the way is really having a support system. And mm-hmm. you've mentioned a few people either specific to, you know, some of the instances that you discussed or just more broadly in your career, Deanne. Can you tell the listeners mm-hmm more about your support system?
3: Um, Yeah, and that's super important. And I'm glad to acknowledge that because we're not an island out here. And so specifically, I think um, in regards to the diabetes center, um, a lot of my support came from my students. Honestly, my you know, and it's funny, in the pharmacy their patients in the diabetes center, they were students. I didn't want them to feel like they were ill or something was wrong with them. They were on this learning journey and we were there together. Um, but my students with their thank you notes and their positive reviews and, you know, all of the feedback that I got kept me motivated to keep overcoming the obstacles. So it was just the self-perpetuating support system, um, within that. And, um, my husband and my family, I mean, my girls, they, um, were the ones that you know had to give up time with mom when she was developing curriculums or traveling to learn new skills, and you know they were very supportive um, and knew that I loved teaching and seeing you know this, my students' lives improve. So you know without that family support, uh, you know and the support of my pharmacy staff, yeah, that that was that was all very important. And then broadly, what I would say is that professional involvement with NCPA. Um, has given me an amazing support system, and Kate, it's funny because you know if I start naming people, I will inevitably you know forget somebody, and I could sit here and and rattle off thirty names right now that are really you know some of the best of the best and brightest in our profession that I can pick up my phone and call and say, what do you think about this or what was your experience with that and. Um, You know, there's such a vibrant community of independents willing to share. And I would encourage our listeners to tap into CPESN, go to cpesn.com. Hopefully you can put that in the show notes. And, you know, we're building a network of pharmacists that are going to change the payment model and do some great things for pharmacy. And um, so instead of giving you know a lot of names, cause like I said, I, I could name 30 and not name people that have been critical to my success. Um, just don't live in a bubble, You know, be active as a member in your state association, um, in, in one of our professional associations, go to meetings, meet people, get out there, and um, you'll meet some amazing, amazing people that, that wanna support you.
2: Yeah, I've been talking a lot lately um, about the support network aspect of networking. So when you're at mm-hmm. a national meeting or a state meeting or a local meeting and you're at a reception or you're waiting for a, a program to start or you're just in the hallways or getting a cup of coffee, um, you know, networking is just about just as much about supporting your professional colleagues and finding those mm-hmm. that support you as mm-hmm. it is, you know, shaking hands and, and, um, good impressions for someone who might be your future boss.
3: Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. happens, I mean, there's... it happens
2: over time. I'm sure the 30 plus people that you listed off, some of them you've probably known for decades.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. And Kate, you were on my list. <laughs> well, I know, I know we've been, we've had a chance to work together and, um, it's been really great. Deanne, I know you've been through a lot these last couple months, and probably what you've been through even with your experiences that you shared about starting the diabetes training program and overcoming your fear of public speaking the last four months have really been a trying time for you and knowing the title of this podcast series is resilience rx seeing what you've been through these last four months having your pharmacy impacted by Hurricane Michael and having to rebuild, can you maybe share with the listeners just a, a story of, of what you've been through and and some of the resilience that you've seen in your community, in your pharmacy, and for you personally?
3: Yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's definitely been life-changing, and um, in on October 10th, um, Hurricane Michael hit the panhandle of Florida, and my community stayed in the eye wall for um, a little over two hours, um, Category 5 strength wins, and it, it decimated our entire community. And um, we were um, out of business um, from October 10th until um, the end of December, other than just transferring prescriptions and, and helping our patients um, find resources and services and, and just taking care of, of those folks. Um, it's it certainly Kate, well, um, losing that much and, and not only, you know, the loss of our pharmacy and, you know, our 50 years pharmacy, um, seeing that many people struggle and lose so much. And there's always someone you know that's lost more than you have in our community. And I, there's not a person that's not been touched in a very life altering way. Um, it, it certainly helps you reflect on what's important and what really matters. And I think in our busyness, uh, our day to day, we let things bother us that really should not. And as angry as I get at the PBMs, and as angry as I get at the injustice of it all, you know, that steals a lot from your your life. And most pharmacists are angry and bitter right now because we're fighting battles that just aren't fair. They just aren't. And, you know, I've decided, especially with this tragedy, that that's not going to define me. It's not going to dictate my mood. I focus heavily now on counting my blessings. I gratitude, um, I journal um, in my gratitude journal every day. I find five things to give thanks for. um, Five things in my day that brought me joy. And yesterday was a great day. Um, I have a patient who has this very deep voice and his name's Mike, and he loves to come in and I'll concentrated on something at the counter, and he'll come up and sneak up to my window, and he'll go, "Hey, and scare me and I mean, I've literally screamed multiple times, and he he loves to scare me, so yesterday, I saw him coming in on our camera, and I hid out front and jumped out and screamed and scared the life out of this big old burly man and uh, we laughed I mean we laughed so hard we cried and you know it's those little things it's, it's little things like that that i, I look back on and say you yeah, know that's why we fight we fight for the relationships that we have and for these great people that um are parts of our communities and and our patients our our students our friends whatever you want to call them and so yes it's been a great tragedy and um it's pushed. It's it's pushed me. There have been days when it's you know, it's taken everything to get out of bed and, and keep moving. But it, it certainly I think has a silver lining and will
2: forever change you know how I view the world around me. Thank you for sharing that. I wasn't even aware um, of the level of tragedy your pharmacy had faced and having the, the roof blown right off and everything. Um, mm-hmm taken away through the hurricane and and knowing that you're back up and operating, but in that rebuilding process, it does put a new perspective on, on what really matters. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, sometimes laughter can be the best medicine. And that yeah. and propranolol. <laughs> <and for> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank the Lord for propranolol. Pran- for <laughs> but, but no, thank you for, for sharing that. I know it's been a, a tough, road for you and um. well thank you and kate people just don't know um
3: it's nationally it's the third worst storm in the history of our nation it's amazing to me how many people don't understand what what has happened in our community it's five months later and it still looks like a third world country and we've had over 170 providers leave and um, about 50% of our patient population has moved. And, um, you know, it, it's still not on many people's radar screen. They don't know that there was even a hurricane that hit the panhandle of Florida, which amazes me. And um, there really has been a, a kind of a disappointing lack of attention. And again, for people that are way less fortunate than I am, just, you know, that, that so many people had very little and, and lost you know, literally everything and have had to move. So I do appreciate the opportunity to kind of shine a light and bring a little bit of attention, you know, on our area. Um, we had two pharmacies that um, are, are completely gone and their locations were completely destroyed. And we have multiple pharmacies that are still working out of trailers and um, our Walgreens is in a trailer and several of our wendixies and one of our independence across town so so it really um it it's it's been tough but it has brought everybody together as you mentioned it, it really can um kind of show you what you're made of
2: yeah thanks for for sharing that with the listeners yes. so thank, thank to wrap you. up Anne, and this has been um really a great interview you touched on so many important things in in different facets too of of your professional and personal story we okay. do end with a speed round, so listeners have an opportunity to learn a little more about you and questions that I like to ask. Okay. So I gave these to you ahead of time. What is your favorite quote? That is so unfair,
3: Kate Gaynor. That is like asking me what my which favorite child, you know, I have. I am a quote freak and and that was so hard. And I have, I do not have a favorite. I have multiple favorites, but I picked one that I really think um, has a lot to do with now, with what we're up against. And Albert Einstein said adversity introduces a man and I'll insert or a woman to himself or herself. I like it. What's the best professional event you've ever attended? There've been a lot, um, but I would have to say, I attended an event called Farm Intercom, and it's a group of pharmacists from across the world um, that meet annually, and CPA is a part of that group, and we meet with pharmacists um, from the United Kingdom, South Africa, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, um, and the US. And uh, I went to Australia for Farm Intercom my presidential year, and I also spoke at an event there called Pharmacy Connect, and it was, it, it's so amazing to meet pharmacists from other countries that are struggling with the exact same things we are. Um, and that the heart of a pharmacist is universal. Um, I made some amazing friends and learned that um, our challenges are not unique to the US. Uh, socialized medicine is certainly not the the end all be all and and the solution. Um, and it was it was a great opportunity to um, visit with uh, different um, pharmacists that practice differently, but um, but at the end of the day, again you know, we all take care of patients. Deanne, how do you recharge? Every day, I, I really try to now meditate for just a few minutes just to not think. and thinking about not thinking is hard <laughs> uh, when you have so much going on. So I think it's super important. Um, and if you look at most successful, people um meditation is a common thread and um tim ferris tools of titans you know you see that a lot of highly successful people carve out time to meditate and so i meditate i try to clear my mind and focus on my breathing and um, just take a few minutes each day i have a gratitude journal and a dream journal so i ask myself you know what what does the perfect day look like what do i really want what What's really precious to me? What should I be saying no to that, um, is taking up time that, that I really would rather be spending on something else. So, you know, just taking that time to reflect and think about who you are, what your values are, what you want. It sounds so corny, but it really helps bring some clarity. I search for simplicity now and i'm looking for a simplified life um, my husband and i are empty nesters both my girls are now in college and um, i think it's time to um, to simplify a little bit um, and then we love to go to our lake house we call it time out and so we we put ourselves in time out and just enjoy nature and no tv
2: no electronics and um it's it's very therapeutic Wow, those are all such good things and so important, you know, to to build into your day or into your week and and into your month. Um, And that's really the goal of this podcast and interview series and Resilience Rx is to just share with pharmacist listeners some of those tips and tricks. And, you know, we all, you know, someone's message might resonate with a portion of the Mm -hmm. listenership where hearing it said a different way or through another person could resonate. So we want to share those ideas and and tricks throughout um this series okay That's- i love
3: i love what you're doing so thank you for um committing your time and your resources to this podcast and for everything that you do for your members you know Iowa is definitely a state that we all look to for leadership and for an example and y'all are doing some amazing things and and you're leading that Kate so um so great job and just thank you for all that you do for our profession
2: thanks and lastly Deanne we'll include this in the show notes where can listeners find out more about you you know, I, MullinsPharmacy.com is our
3: website, and right before the storm, literally the week I was in Boston, our website crashed, and I lost a lot of, of my formatting and fonts, and it's a mess. And quite honestly, I have not had time during the rebuild of my life to go back in and, and address the website. So it's there, and there's some some stuff there that I think folks will, will see. And what I will say is that I do have on the horizon, um, getting that um, back into shape and, and keeping our patients notified of we have a big surprise for the front end coming. I'm super excited about um, called Wildflower Apothecary uh, at Mullins Pharmacy. And um, I was really inspired that wildflowers grow in the most broken of places. And we're really broken right now. And so we're going to create something beautiful and um, wellness and life giving for our patients um, with the front end um, dedicated to wellness and um, health and sleep and stress reduction and, and all the things that go along well with with um, what we do as providers. Um, so we'll be updating on our Facebook page, um, Mullins Pharmacy Lynn Haven, and our website. And then I would encourage, you know, just a pharmacist, um, interview with a drug dealer, ncpanet.org for all the cool stuff going on at NCPA um, and cpesn.com.
2: Thanks for being on the show, Deanne. Thank you, Kate. It was a lot of fun.
1: Each episode, our prescription for resilience is shared by Tammy Rogers, founder of The Maven Group. Tammy is best known for helping leaders experience aha moments in order to develop new ways of thinking, new attitudes, and new behaviors that transfer to the real world. She draws upon the fail forward interview and weaves in those experiences. Here's Tammy Rogers with our Resilience Rx.
4: I love Deanne's courage as I listen to her it's kind of amazing to think about all the things that she did where she stepped out of her comfort zone and said, I can, instead of I can't. And it reminded me of Jenny Blake. Jenny Blake is the author of a book called Pivot. And one of the things I heard her talk about in a podcast, in fact, was fear, insecurity, and uncertainty are the biggest doorways to opportunity. Let me say that again. Fear, insecurity, and uncertainty are the biggest doorways to opportunity. (laughs) You know, I loved that when I heard it, and it was really that thing is oftentimes when we hit that fear, we hit insecurity, what we do is we stop, and we say it's a wall. No, it's, it's not a wall. It's actually the doorway, and it's that thing that at that spot, we can stop and we can remain small or we can decide that we're gonna open a door and we're gonna walk through it and see what's on the other side. And the piece of that is, you know, we don't have to go all in. We don't have to say it's all or nothing. We can actually walk through that door and then just see, like, what's going to happen. I have the ability to be able to adapt and to manage anything that's on that side of the door. And so I'm not going to worry about it. I am the master of my own universe. So I'm just going to literally walk through and see what's on that other side and take on that challenge and decide that it's. Not going to defeat me, right? That fear, that insecurity, that uncertainty. I am going to defeat it. It is not going to defeat me. And that's one of the things that sometimes happens when we're on this burnout continuum. Sometimes what happens to us is we have that fear, we have that insecurity, we have that uncertainty, and we stop. Winston Churchill once said, if you're going to walk through hell, keep walking. That's the same thing that's going on when we hit these spots that want to stop us. Don't stop. Keep walking. On the other end of that is competence. On the other end of that is confidence. And when we have the ability to do something, because we've tried it on and we've practiced it, that brings the confidence into our lives. That brings the commitment back to wanting to continue to do that. And that allows us to be our best selves stopping not walking through hell letting insecurity stop us is one of the things that leads to being uncertain in life and that's one of the things that leads to burnout so you want to get better you want to get past it go try things that stretch you that grow you and help you become the best you of all
0: Resilience Rx is a podcast dedicated to increasing awareness, sharing strategies and providing a prescription for resilience to the pharmacy podcast network. To discover additional tools and resources to assist you, your colleagues and your team, visit www.iarx.org forward burnout and www.mavengroup.com. If you know a pharmacy leader you'd like to have interviewed on the Fall Forward series, please send us a note. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with other pharmacy professionals and others who may benefit from this month's Resilience Rx.